0: Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. Mm -hmm. We have our Evening with Medium events coming
1: up on um, (laughs) April 24th, August 28th, and December 4th.
0: Well done, Mom. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Um, As of right now, 30 (laughs) tickets have been sold for our April event, so Mm -hmm. they are going
1: fast. If you are wanting those, head over to the website bysarlo.com. Okay, we have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are 10 to 12 minute shows. They run in a series of five from Monday to Friday, the first week of every month. The very first show is free. It's on Kelly and I, and that's available at the website by sarlo.com. The other four are now available on patreon.com backslash by sarlo. So those um, are there for a small fee and that fee helps Kelly and I produce the shows. So we really do appreciate that. And those shows are all about your emotional intelligence and your spiritual intelligence. And if you don't know what that is, then all the more reason to go over there and check them out. If you know what that is, and you're building yours, still, that's a great toolkit. And if you don't think you're interested in that, wake up. Some sass today. Yeah. Okay. It's January. Um, They need
0: sass. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We also have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can contact us via the website or directly by phone. Um, We do sessions for everyone all over the world via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, Zoom, and also Facebook video chat as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you are looking for that for yourself or for someone else, just give us a call.
1: Okay. Um, I would like to read a thank you that came in. And we'd like to do that more often when they when they come, you and I usually just read them and keep them to ourselves. This one came from a listener, Valerie, and I hope I pronounced the last name correct, Muro. Um, She wrote, This filled my heart with so much joy. You are such a good narrator. I can vision all of it and feel the love. Also, your Christmas Stories podcast was amazing. It made me laugh, cry, and smile all combined. But most of all, this teaches us that Christmas has nothing to do with buying material things at all. It's about love, being kind, and being generous with what you have. I could have listened to you talk for hours. Thank you, Karen and Kelly, for sharing your amazing gifts and stories with us. So send in your comments, and we're happy to share them with our listeners. Yeah, thank you, Valerie. Um, thank you very much, Valerie. For taking the
0: time to write it, for mm-hmm. reflecting that way. You're doing exactly what we were hoping the podcast would do for you. So mm-hmm. that's, that's exciting.
1: Okay, so we're going to launch into today's show. We are. Um, This story today has to do with a client who came in person, and this is a woman. I'd put her in her late 40s, maybe early 50s, and uh, her name is Sandra. And she comes in, sits down, and says, Karen, I have a question. Of course, after we went through consent. And I said, sure, fire away. What's your question or your direction? And she says, "Um, I'd like to speak to my dad. And I said, okay, medium. He's telling me he's crossed. And she goes, that's right. And I said, "Um, what do you you want me to do? Anything in particular? Or do you just mean to go open and see what he says? And she goes, well, go open. She says, "Um, what I'm asking is if he has anything to say to me. And that's how she words it. I fucking can't stand those questions. Well, but I'm just saying that that's how she says it. And so I I started by just saying to her dad, um, she's not looking for what you look like. Or what you did for a living—that's true. Yeah, so you know, she's telling me she wants me to listen. So she she's looking for a medium to give her these messages as opposed to the proof of what color was his hair and his eyes and Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff. So I said to him, "Hey, dude, so what's up?" Like she wants to know what you want to tell her, and he says, "Okay," he says, "Um, um, "It's time for an apology." But he doesn't tell me who. <laughs> and so I said, okay. So I've just kind of said to her, well, he says he's here because it's time for an apology. And as soon as I say that, she turns beat red. I've never seen anybody sweat faster. She just, it's just instant stress. But then when I think about it, if that's what she was looking for, she was probably sweating before she even got here. Mm-hmm. It's just that now that it's time, I'll say it's more intense. And now it's just visible, her level of stress. And so the first thing I feel is just tons of compassion for her. And I and, and yet I don't even know who's doing the apologizing and, and what it's for. So I said to him, or no, pardon me, Kelly. I said to her, would that be accurate, that you're actually here because it's time for an apology? And she goes, um, may- maybe, and I said, and now I'm confused because that's, that's the only thing he's given me. I don't have a choice of around two or three things. He's been pretty explicit and she's vague. And so I just said to to him, his name's Pat, by the way. So I said, Pat, I said, what's happening? <laughs> like your daughter's not saying too much, but she wants you to do the leading and the talking. So you're going to have to give me more. And he goes, Yeah. He goes, okay, I've been dead nine years. And I went, oh, okay. So I repeated that to her, and she said that, yeah, that's correct, about nine, nine and a half. And I said, what else, Pat? And he goes, well, my daughter and I were really close. And he says, she was the love of my life for about the last 10 years of my life. And I said, what about your wife? And he goes, well, that's what I mean, she died. And after my wife passed away, for the last 10 years before I died, nine years ago, she, my daughter became the love of my life. And I said, oh, explain what that means to you as the love of your life. And so he did. And so I was able to repeat these things to Sandra. And I said, sweetie, I said, I don't know about this apology yet, (laughs) And I said, but I have a few things to say, and maybe we'll get there. And I said, but he's telling me that for the last nine years, you were the love of his life. And I said, but that's because your mom passed away. And when she died, you, you stepped right in to really partner him. And he says, in all of the ways that are so healthy. And so I thought, well, isn't that interesting? What do you mean by all the ways that are healthy? And he said, Well, she let me make all my own decisions. And he said, She would just ask me questions. And if she really thought I was going astray, she'd make an appointment for me. <laughs> and I said, What do you mean? He goes, Well, if she thought that by now I should have paid off my mortgage, she'd call the bank and make an appointment for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and instead of being the one to tell me or what I might think was lecture me or boss me around as I was aging, she let the banker tell me. <laughs> and and the banker would make the suggestion that I could afford to pay a double payment or to just take out my savings and pay it off completely. And um, she just did things where I was able to remain adult. I didn't have Alzheimer's. I didn't need that aspect. But her and her husband and her kids really were the ones that did all the things I couldn't do. But she would always check in and say, Dad, um, do you, are you finding it difficult to shovel the driveway? Would you like a little help with the snowfall this morning? It's a little heavy, but if it was only a few centimeters, she knew I like to push the snow around to get out. I'd go out and push the snow around. <laughs> and he says, but there would be times when it was just a heavy snowfall, and they wouldn't even call. The car would pull up, they or the pardon me, the truck would pull up, and they, you know, two or three of them would hop out, or sometimes just my son-in-law or just my daughter. And uh, they take out the snowblower and all the shovels and we would just, Mm -hmm. we would do it together. And if I was cold or if I was a little achy or just tired, I'd go in the house and Mm -hmm. they'd get it done. And he says, and if there was a little group of them, he says, I kind of caught on to it, but one of them would come into the house with me and have tea. So it was like, who got to go in and have tea with grandpa or dad or my father-in-law? And the rest would do the shoveling of his deck and hit the side of his house and his all the front driveway and his walkways and stuff. And they kept the whole property clear. So he said, my daughter and her husband and the kids just, they really gave me my independence and, and really treated me as I was still a very healthy thinking mind and able-bodied person. But they were just there for everything else. And they just made some of the things I could do on my own company. Mm, I like that. And, and sometimes he says they would just do it out of kindness, but they didn't do it out of um, obligation or resentment. And if it became that they had to do it more consistently, they would just check in with me and say, are you comfortable if we just come?
0: Mm-hmm. He says, I, I think it's important that you go back and just have time for people to let that sink in, that there can be something that you can still do for yourself someone comes just to be company for you. Because yeah. I think when you feel like your independence is threatened or your youth is threatened or whatever it is in your ego mind, that it doesn't have to be seen that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it can be that that person is in some fear.
0: Mm-hmm. They can yeah. be in the
1: fear that, geez, if I don't keep up and do these things and they can't come, then what if I my lose my, my strength and then I can't do it? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's good for me to kind of get out and keep making sure that my muscles are working or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So he's talking about this beautiful relationship with, with um, Sandra and how much love they have for each other and the chats that they have and how important all of this is and that he refers to her as the love of his life. And he says, um, and here, so here comes my apology, and I'm like, oh, you're the one apologizing, and he goes, oh yeah. He says, um, it's a, it's really necessary. He says this is devastating, and I said, okay, what happened? He goes, well, tell her first. I want to apologize and tell her all of that. So I said, okay. So I did. I won't repeat any of it because the listeners have already heard it. But I repeated all of that, and boy, did she cry. And um, I just said it exactly the way that he did with the gratitude that I felt that he gave me as he was telling me all of this. Mm-hmm. And so listeners might sit there and think, were you quiet? And yeah, we're quiet when we hear all of those things. So as you know, Kelly, we can be quiet for five or ten minutes to pull in all of this information and then be able to relay that to the client. And that Accurately. Some, yeah, and Yeah. And, and with the proper emotions, with the proper... Processing that that Pat felt, mm-hmm. and, and to make sure that we really value all of his emotions in that too, because that could be mm-hmm. that could be the very thing that she's here to to hear is that he did feel gratitude and love, and that she still needs that acknowledged. And he says to me, "You have to let let Sandra know that I did my best, especially even before my wife died." To make sure that I really I really acknowledged. Um, and and thanked them. So I would buy little Tim's cards and I would buy Subway for the kids and I would buy some gas cards for my son in law to put some gas in the in the lawnmower or in the snowblower, he says, and or I'd buy them a little a little dinner out for the two of them for a date, or oh, he just thought of endless little things to to say thank you and she, she again said that was totally her dad that he was uh, he expressed gratitude very easily and so it was easy to feel very loved by him mm-hmm. and so i'm thinking where is this apology then what what happened and he says oh karen he says i and he he's just so remorseful and I, i'm starting to cry i'm starting to cry cuz all i can feel is all of his remorse And so I've got tears in my eyes and I said, he's so remorseful. And she goes, okay. And he explains to me that she leaves her husband, that while they do things so beautifully as a family, they're not a good couple. And it's not that they can't pull their shit together and parent well, they can. And they can pull their shit together to be good for each other, supporting each other's careers. There's just so much that was good for them. They're just not in love anymore. And they're just deciding at their age that they've got, if they have decades and decades left, that they just want to be able to be in love again. And they both make that decision that they don't want to have an affair They don't want open relationships. They just really want partnership, but they realize that they're just better as best friends Mm -hmm. and that they can still be really wonderful parents and that they can co-parent together. They'll go to the same events together, that they will support each other financially. Like this couple really gets it. And so she leaves her husband, he leaves her, however people want to word it. They separate, and this is where her father loses his shit. And so he says, Karen, I'm, I am so ashamed. He says, I went into all of my fear that people would judge her because she's a divorced woman. And I'm thinking, how long ago was this? Aren't you in Canada? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? So I asked her, I said, Sandra, I I really think this is in Ontario, Canada. I said, but does that sound right? And she goes, yeah. And I said, so you, your dad and your family are actually here in Ontario, Canada? Yeah. And he believes this? And she's like, uh-huh. And, and I was really blown away. I, I, I was shocked at that. But, you know... <laughs> Again, maybe there are lots of people listening that will just sit there with their coffee or their tea and go, mm-hmm, keep going, because not everybody has mm. accepted the change. And so he says, oh, my God, Karen, he says, I went into complete panic. He says, I, I, all I could think about, he says, I could hardly sleep at night. I started not even sleeping. He says, because all I could think about is that she'd have to be on her own. And how would how would any man ever want her? She's divorced and she's got kids. And he says, but she was also smart and compassionate. And there were a million reasons anybody would want her. He says, I just couldn't see any of them because I was afraid. He says, I was afraid. None of this had to do with her reality. And I'm like, oh, that's gold. Yeah, it sounds like the perfect divorce. Yeah, but it's gold that he's now saying this. Mm-hmm. It it. it like And that's why I wanted to do this story. He says to me, oh, my God, Karen. He goes, I wasn't even in my daughter's reality. I was in my own. He says it was, and it was so outdated. And he says, even though here's my daughter taking me to a bank appointment, she's the one setting it up. She's the one talking finances to me. He says, and, and I totally accepted her help. And I saw her as this wonderful businesswoman. And he says, and she is. But as soon as she said she was leaving her husband, I shit my pants. Huh. So he started treating her differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she said this was unbelievably painful. Yeah. And he said Karen, he said I I I it, it gets worse. He says it's it's just terrible. And I said, well, okay, just keep telling me then, hon. And he goes, well, he said two years after she left her husband, she told me she was a lesbian. And that she didn't realize that when she left her husband, she had just come through a process of self-discovery in the last two years of trying to figure out who a possible partner could be again, that she was recognizing that she actually enjoyed women's company, and that she didn't really believe, even in the first year, she she could be sexual with a woman. And she quite struggled with that, Mm -hmm. she told him. But that eventually she came to understand, even though she was very nervous about it and didn't really know how that was going to go, that she was willing to try it because she just wanted to be open to love and she didn't understand. Love it. And he says, "I, I just can't tell you now how proud I am of her He says, but I never told her that on earth, that I'm so proud, and that it would have taken such strength, and that she would have had her own fear to come and tell me these things because of how I behaved. And he says, I am mortified the way I behaved. He says, I am so ashamed. He says, please, please tell her. So I would pause, and I would repeat everything, and oh my God, Kelly— Uh, Some of the times I would say a message and I'd have my own little tears coming down my face. And he would, and she, Sandra, was just happy, sad all the time. It was just such a mixture of healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I said that, eh? A mixture of, uh, like it's such a mixture when we heal of so many emotions. Oh my gosh,
0: yeah. You have to process all of it.
1: So then he says, well, he says, and, and I was afraid, Karen. He says, I was afraid I was going to lose my son-in-law. I was afraid I was going to lose the truck pulling up. She wasn't getting the truck. It was his. I was afraid, like, who was going to help me? Who was going to help me? Was I going to lose my independence and have to sell my house? Was her damn divorce going to affect my life? And he says, and and, and sometimes in those moments of fear, he says, I just didn't behave well. And I and I would just question things like, why would you why would you want to be with a woman when you're a woman like he 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 just would try and say things to understand, but they she couldn't even answer his questions because she was trying to figure it out. Uh-huh. She couldn't even say, "Well, because I'm attracted because she didn't even feel attracted yet. She didn't feel attracted sexually. she just knew that she was enjoying people's company uh-huh. and that having interests and in intellectual and emotional conversations was just what she wanted. And I said to her, what did you do? And he says to me, Pat says to me, she spoke to her husband. He was the one that encouraged her to investigate to see if she was attracted to women. He's the one that said to her, it's okay. So what if you try and you stop? So what if you do something Mm -hmm. and then you back off? As long as the other person is talking to you through the whole process and communicating, go slow and figure it out. He would say, "Sandra, just go slow and figure things out. You're okay." And so it was her ex-husband was the one who was the one that helped her through that whole individuating process. And so her dad says to me, Pat says, "Karen, she had to individuate from me, and I didn't even realize it." He said, "I I I would have just called her the love of my life, but I didn't realize that I had a 45 or a 48 year old daughter." who still hadn't individuated from me. And he says, and truth be told, she had. And then it was like she reverted back to being a child through her divorce. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. That's a really interesting statement for people to hear. And he goes, so my behavior kind of put my daughter, who's middle-aged, right back like behaving like she's a teenager, and because of the way that he thinks and the things that drive his fears. And I said, well, did you explain any of those fears to her? And he goes, well, no, I, I, I couldn't do that. He goes, I, I couldn't explain that. I was the one that was afraid. Uh, he says, I would say little things like, well, who's going to shovel the driveway now? But he'd say it with anger. And she'd say, well, Dad people he, with shovels. Yeah. And and she would sit down cuz she's a problem solver. She would say, "Okay, look, dad, mm-hmm. uh, your niece your your grandkids can still come. Um your neighbors can help. I'm still going to come. And your son-in-law is still your son-in-law and he still loves you. You can still text him and say, "Hey," and he's still going to come. And if the kids are in the driveway, they're going to see their dad. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in the driveway, I'm going to talk to my ex-husband. He's my friend. But he got in the way of that. And so he would only call his son in law and not tell her. Mm -hmm. He got in the way of their amicable, friendly, mature (laughs) divorce. Mm -hmm. He created the problems that didn't even exist. Mm -hmm. I love, too, in all of this,
0: the fact that the angry behavior is about the own, like that person's fear. Oh, yeah. And I think that's important for people to hear, too, is that you may be making choices along the way for your life and feel good about them or feel confident or just like she is just open to trying something. And other people's angry behavior is their own fear for themselves. Yeah. Not even about you. Yeah. That's important to know. Yeah. And important to question.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm going to lead into that, or you did, you, you set that up because... Pat says to me, Sandra and the kids and her husband, my son-in-law, Bob, easily would sit down when they saw an issue with me and try to bring it to the surface. He said they were just both business people. They were both managers. Mm-hmm. And he says they were both just amazing problem solvers. So when they saw a problem in my behavior, they would they would try and pull out why I felt that way, what the issues were, what solutions could be. He said they did everything the best way they could. And he said, this is entirely on me, Karen. And he says, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so deeply remorseful. And he said, they were all there for me right to my very death. My son-in-law, Bob, was there. Sandra was there. The kids were there. They were all there for me, even though when I died, they had both found new partners. They still both came. They were my family, and they knew that. And he said, my, my behavior was that I was the one that was trying to make their divorce ugly for them. Just to prove my own theory, like
0: the messy way to live.
1: Yeah, and this is how deeply he messed, mm-hmm. how deeply he regretted. Um, And I'm going to say how deeply when he gets to the other side that he sees what he did instead of just accepting the help. Mm
0: -hmm. It's interesting that you say that she reverted back to um, the kid
1: because it really sounds like he behaved like the child. Well, I'm going to go into that now. So she, thank you. So Sandra talks about, um, or pardon me, Pat tells me the stuff then that Sandra goes through and how it stops her own growth in trying to find her own partner and figure things out because it's like he jams it and it, make, it makes it more difficult for her to be open-minded.
0: Mm-hmm. For it,
1: anyone watching
0: this show, if you see us get really shifty around the 25-minute mark, it's because we're making sure the cameras aren't cutting us off. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. I just noticed us like... <sighs> We're still telling the story.
1: (laughs) Um, So she reverts back in ways, Kelly, where she has to catch herself, where she's got to make sure she's not trying to get his approval, Mm -hmm. where it's okay for her to go through the divorce and and not back it up and try and reconcile with her husband um, to make her husband happy. She has to be able to go ahead and be curious To embrace the fun parts of her character because she has great humor and make sure that she does bring that into her new relationship instead of being so serious and scared of making a mistake um, or that her dad might be then right. Mm -hmm. Like, there's it's so stinking messy in her mind. And he adds to that constantly by the way that he says little things, asks her little questions. He always tries to insert doubt. Oh, like plant a seed constantly. Mm-hmm. So if she says she's going on a date with a female, it, it, he just goes into an absolute meltdown of what ifs. Well, what if this and what well, if people think? Because I think we all go into those meltdowns <laughs>
0: whether we're gay, straight, bi. <laughs> I think it's just dating.
1: Yeah, but his are all based yeah. on her her choice of a female. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just are you nervous to talk to a new person or or to, like all of that stuff that just comes yeah. with with dating somebody of just
0: thirteen to ninety.
1: Like it yes. doesn't it doesn't change. That's right. But he adds to it. Mm -hmm. Are you sure this? Are you sure you don't want to date a man? Why would you? Like he just tries to insert every doubt and she's already got some doubts. She's not even sure herself. So as she's trying to just explore something, he's trying to shit all over it all the time. Mm -hmm. And so she has to pull away. She has to be able to walk away from him and not share anymore and not tell him these things. So their relationship changes. So now as he gets sick and then goes through his process of, I'll say, being sick, sick and transitioning, dying. Mm-hmm. Um, she can't share the things that she wants to. She can't bring her new partner to meet her dad. She doesn't want to tell him that she's actually figured out that this is healthy for her. And that at this point in her life, she does feel this way about mm-hmm. a, a woman and she does want to stay in this relationship. And that this woman wants to try it with her as well. So she she loses the feeling that she's the love of his life. Mm. And she loses the feeling that he means that much to her. But she says, you know, Karen, I want to say something here. So as I'm explaining all this, she comes in and she says to me, yeah, she says, this is all really true. And I said, oh, Sandra, sit tight. He, he wants to point something out because she wants to affirm it. And I said, please don't interrupt just for a second. He wants to point out to you that you actually go through this big individuation process to figure out what it is that you think, what it is that you want, and that you actually succeed for a second time in this lifetime to individuate again from key people that you feel you want to have them love you or approve of you and that it matters to you what they think. And so you have to decide that it no longer matters what he thinks but that you have to live your life, and he has to accept that. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit of a different process for you this time because of that situation. And she goes, yeah, I really hadn't been pushed up against a wall with my dad like that before. because. And he goes, yeah, I know, because all things were normal. And so as long as everything stayed in the normal box there was there was no conflict mm-hmm. it's when he thought things stepped out of outside of all things normal and i'm doing the quotes because that's what he did he would make quotations all things normal and she goes oh my god that's my dad she says that's totally him at the end he would just say things like i'm just so sorry things turned out like this for you honey meaning i'm so sorry you found out that this was you Like, he even tried to apologize, but his apologies were ignorant. Uh His apologies were hurtful. And he said, oh, my God, Karen, I tried to apologize before I died on my deathbed, and I made it all worse. And I'm thinking, oh, my word, you apologized on your deathbed? And he goes, oh, I did. And that's when it just went south. He goes, and then I died. He goes, so I left it at that, and my grandchildren— And my beautiful son-in-law all went to Sandra like, I can't believe he just did that to you. Mm -hmm. And that's it on the deathbed. So I said, my goodness, Pat, what do we do? And he goes, well, I'm counting on you, Karen. (laughs) He goes, it's all on your shoulders, girl. I guess so. And, And I'm like, "Okay." So Kelly just said to Sandra exactly what her dad said. And tried to convey to her how upset he was and that he'd gone through a process to be able to see and to understand that in an effort, oh, I'll say in his effort in that way, that he was trying to make things right before he died, that he didn't, that he had made it worse. And that that had not been his intention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I could see when when I said that, that she was comfortable to some degree. And she goes, I just have one question. And I said, okay, but before you say it, I said, he wants me to tell you something. And I hope it's going to match what your need might be. And I said, he wants to say to you that he's very proud of you. That he's come to realize that you've done so much work on who you are. You've changed we all change in a lifetime. We start at point A, and it's it's so, it's so not a straight road for so many people. What are you laughing at? Nothing appropriate. You go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that it, he he was able to look at his own fears. He was able to look at since he had died and understand how his fears had clouded his thoughts and his beliefs, and that. In all of that, that's where his statements weren't right. Mm-hmm. And and not just in her own ears, but in anybody's, really. And that he could finally understand that that it it wasn't just about hurting her. It was about hurting her and her husband and their marriage. It was about hurting her and her children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was about hurting her and him and their relationship. He had he had um He'd come to realize that it affected so much more than what he thought and where he thought that he was being caring and showing what he would refer to as concern for her, which he thought was showing love for her. He was actually showing a low emotional intelligence. He was showing prejudice. He was showing judgment. He was showing fear and control.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. And scary too because, I mean, depending on how young these children are, you're looking to adults to give you a frame of reference of what's right and wrong in this world. And if he's rejecting her based on her, who she loves, mm-hmm. then the children may have been at risk to buy into an unhealthy belief system and think, if I value what grandpa thinks, then something m- must be wrong with my mom. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think what you've said is worth listening to,
0: hmm.
1: worth worth the pause for people to sit back today and think, holy shit, holy, like our, our own thoughts and feelings go a long way in our communities. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's what you say standing at a, you know, at Tim Hortons, and you think your flippant little joke is just a joke, and it isn't. A seed is a seed. Yeah, and and he'd come to realize very much what he did. So after explaining all that to her, I said, Sandra, I said, is your dad, is he expressing himself clearly to you? And she said, yeah, I, I do believe that you're saying that he's come to see it all since he's passed over. I don't understand how. I don't understand how come you know so much. I don't understand how you know any of this about my family. Me neither. Yeah. She says, but it, but it is, it is our story. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm just grateful that I didn't have to tell it to you because I was ashamed of it. I'm glad that he told it all to you so that I could hear from him that it's that's all correct and that he really did know that he had made a mistake. She says, how, how do we end this today? And I said, well, he's hoping that you end it where you just take the apology and and when you're ready, process it and decide what you want to do with it. But he came here to deliver it with, with truth and with sincerity. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there's no rush for you to accept it just because this is your session. This is really truly just for you to absorb when you want, to share with your partner, to share with your ex-husband, to share with your children. As you said, it would not be lovely for her to be able to say to their children or, or to her her children, his grandchildren, um, that grandpa was sorry, that he came to apologize uh-huh. That That's a huge lesson in our lives too. And then to see, does mom accept the apology? Uh-huh. Can she be okay and know that grandpa loves her? And in some way, mom is who she is and just, and accept that, be part of the acceptance. Uh-huh. So that was our, that was our time together. And I tell you at the end of it, I don't know who felt more relieved. Yeah. Grandpa. You him or her. <laughs> yes. Pat, Sandra, or Karen. But but I, I think I want to say definitely Pat for his apology mm-hmm. to be able to get it out. And and it, it it sits with me, Kelly, that this is why I happy dance. Oh yeah. Because therein lies why I move around and move my energy joyfully with Pat. Because Sandra has a chance. Mm-hmm. She has a chance to to think about it, to talk about it, to process it, to share it, um, to accept it if she chooses to, and embrace that her dad is um, loving her.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I want to say, too, um, congratulations seems a little bit weird. But uh, I, I just want to say thank you as well, mm-hmm. because I know that there are so many humans waiting for one of their loved ones to die, knowing that they won't get the apology until death comes. Oh yeah. And myself included.
1: Oh, me included.
0: Right? And it's yep. like you're you're doing the waiting game hoping that you can have a relationship when they die, when you get the apology, when you can seek a medium who has accuracy. And I just I say thank you on Sanders' behalf because mm. she may not know she was waiting for death to get that. Yeah. But some of us are hyper aware of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know this story can be hard to hear today. I know it's not one of the happy ones. I, I disagree. Oh, well, then I'm glad because I was just going to say, I, I would imagine some people might listen to this and think, I've got some work to do. Oh, I think and, it provides uh, hope. Yeah, and I, I hope that there are the people that hear this that go, wow, I've got work to do. Um, I'm, I'm Pat. I'm Pat. I'm the one that's doing this, um, or, geez, I'm the grandchild. And um that's my mom or my dad that that's Sandra. And I want to make sure that uh, I understand that Grandpa is wrong
0: mm-hmm. because there are there are the third parties, let's say the children, for example, mm-hmm. where Grandpa has expressed his regret, his remorse. Mm-hmm. He's made his apologies. And they may never change their belief system.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's why I said, I really hope there are grandchildren out there listening to this, Mm -hmm. saying, Jesus, um, they come to terms with all of this on the other side. They don't judge the way we do here. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, they accept who people are.
0: But like, am I still buying into a belief system because I didn't want to face rejection from someone? Yeah,
1: Right. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Well, well done. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you for bringing out all the points for people to think about because I know that um, I enjoy doing the shows because there are two of us doing this mm-hmm. and that you totally understand it from the medium's perspective mm-hmm. and that you have these clients as well that go through this. And how, what, a, what an incredible experience it is for you and I to be able to sit with a Sandra who might then take all of that and go off to therapy and, and work on something like that mm-hmm. or, and go back to her kids and her partner and her ex-husband individually or as a group and, and talk about this. She mm-hmm. recorded it, so I hope that she's able to sit down and re-listen to that and move through her life now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so
0: um, if you're just listening by audio today, thank you so much for your interest. We very much appreciate that. Um, Come February, actually, I should back that up. Starting as of, I guess, last week, we are making these video podcasts public as of the Tuesday after they air um, just by audio so you can catch those full length on YouTube we do post them on Facebook too if you're trying to figure out where to find us um, and if you're on patreon already and you're in one of our tiers supporting us financially thank you so very much as Karen said in the beginning it allows us to continue um, producing these things for you because uh, we are every single role we are manning the cameras doing the audio yeah. editing um, yeah. it's it's a lot and we love it all but you make it possible so thank you and come February, um, we're going to be changing up the schedule a little bit. So just be patient with us. Um, we're trying to make things more convenient for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but as always, we always want to say, if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a beautiful weekend. Mm-hmm.